0: Is a hypnotist capable of controlling your mind? Some people seem to think so, and if you watch a good hypnosis performance, like somebody who's a stage hypnotist, a performance hypnotist, or maybe somebody who does street hypnosis, uh, it's it's really easy to think that they have complete control over your mind. Uh, but what you may not recognize is that in the process of training to become a performance hypnotist, you learn to look for people who are especially open to experiencing whatever they perceive hypnosis to be. And so today I'm going to talk to you about a mind control persuasion secret from one of the world's best hypnotists. And uh, like at, at the same time, I do want to acknowledge that the best hypnotists don't necessarily think that they're controlling your mind, at least not in any way that you are not voluntarily handing over that control. And I think that that's an essential foundation to what I'm going to talk about today. OK, so this lesson is inspired by James' trip and he's best known for Hypnosis Without Trance. He's got a book, Hypnosis Without Trance. Uh, he also has a podcast called The Trip and Crow Conversations Podcast, and it's conversations about um, hypnosis and about NLP and about you know everything really. Uh, there's lots of good stuff about personal development in there as well, and things related to um, how our minds work. And the really interesting ways that our minds can work. And he teaches this concept that he uses in things like smoking cessation, hypnosis, of stop smoking. Uh, And he uses elsewhere as as grounding for some of the the change work that he does, which is mind shifts. And in one of the episodes, uh, and at this point it actually escapes me, I I made this note a couple weeks ago. In one of the episodes he talks about mind shifts okay and mind shifts is a name that he has come up with to identify like the shifting of someone's perspective the the shifting of someone's mind around a particular topic and so if you're trying to get someone to stop smoking through hypnosis if you're able to shift their relationship with smoking perhaps that's going to be what it's going to take to get them to actually stop smoking and one of the key essential mind shifts and something that he referenced actually in response to talking about pitching is he says a good pitch changes someone's seeing a good pitch changes someone's seeing and it fundamentally changes it from not possible to possible and this this like completely applies to selling and in fact he was specifically speaking about selling in this context. He was, he was speaking about uh, pitching someone on, you know, whether or not they're going to get the results that are promised, right? And if someone comes in and they are not completely sold, or if someone is reading your marketing copy, your sales copy, and they are not completely sold already, which is the vast majority of people somewhere along the line there is the belief of that's not possible that is not possible and and if they believed that buying the thing buying the product buying the service buying the whatever would make the result that they desire possible if they believed that already they would just need a buy button that's all that they would need you know buy this thing right and So somewhere along the way, somewhere between here and uh, that is possible, not even just possible, but likely, right? Um, Impossible to fail, right? Uh, Somewhere between here and there, there is a roadblock, an obstacle, something that they believe stands in their way, right? And so your job as the persuader, you know, persuasion in print, persuasion through media, persuasion one-on-one persuasion, is to give them the necessary sequence of beliefs that allows them to discover that, hey, this outcome that I want is possible through whatever this offer is that's being uh, presented to me, right? And so a lot of times I talk about offers being or markets being problems, right? And your offer is the solution, So the prospect has a problem and they believe it is not possible to solve it. Maybe they've tried a bunch of things that haven't worked. Maybe they haven't tried anything yet. Maybe they've tried to solve the problem themselves, but have not gone after other offers in the marketplace. Maybe they've tried a bunch of do-it-yourself solutions, but are realizing those have not worked for them. But either way, like no matter what the scenario is, they currently believe it is not possible to solve their problem. And so you need to pitch someone in a way where you make it so they believe it is possible that there is a solution and that solution is your solution, your offer that you're offering to them. Likewise, you know, I talk about problem leads and opportunity leads. Opportunity is an opportunity to fulfill your desire right? And so they may currently believe that fulfillment of that desire is not possible, right? There are too many obstacles, too many roadblocks to that fulfillment of the desire. And really all that you need to make them do, all that you need to make them do, I want to actually minimize this, minimize the gap as much as possible, because I don't want you to believe that this has to be some gigantic thing, right? Oftentimes it's just the belief that there's a secret ingredient, a unknown method, a, a trick, a hack, a 1% change in what they're doing, right? But currently they believe that they're, the fulfillment of a particular desire is not possible. And you need to show them how it is possible, right? And when you do this right, it feels like a discovery of a greater truth, right? I thought it was not possible. And now I know that it is. I thought that it was not possible. And now that I, now I know that it is with X, Y, Z secret, right? With X, Y, Z solution, with X, Y, Z method of fulfilling my desire. I thought that it was not possible. And now I believe that it is. Now, if you think okay but my market is skeptical my market um is full of critical thinkers yeah it is right but there is an eternal human desire to believe in something and this is something that i picked up from from dan kennedy uh, you know he was asked but what about all the skepticism that people have today and he said yes people are as um as educated as experienced and ultimately as skeptical and as jaded as ever, today, right? We have infinite access to negative reviews of every single product imaginable, right? We have infinite access to um, to experiences that we've had and that other people have had of not solving the problem of not fulfilling the desire. We can commiserate until the cows come home on forums. Of people who've, who've, who've had this problem and not solved it, or who are continuing to have this problem and not solving it, who've given up on solving it, right? And yet, the reason those forums exist, the reason that we read those reviews, the reason that we continue pursuing the solution to the problem that we believe it's not possible to solve, the reason we continue pursuing the fulfillment of the desire that we believe it's not possible to fulfill is that we want to believe in something, right? And so it helps like in, there's a a school of psychotherapy called parts therapy uh, or internal family systems therapy, but um, parts is a, is a good name for understanding it. Right. And in parts therapy, one of the things that they teach is that we're not necessarily like one unified whole, Um, maybe somebody out there is, but for the most part, uh, when we, for example, are are dealing with like a decision to go out, uh, let's go out to dinner this evening. Okay. Uh, Well, a part of me would love to actually stay in because I, I, you know, I've been kind of busy and it would be nice to have a relaxing evening at home. A part of me really does want to go out. A part of me wants to try that new whatever restaurant. A part of me wants to uh, not actually go out for dinner, but maybe we can have dinner at home and we can go out for dessert. You know, it's easy for us to think about these parts. In a scenario like that, right? We can have different and oftentimes conflicting desires, different and oftentimes conflicting parts of ourselves, reactions to different scenarios. And one part that's emphasized in hypnosis training is the critical faculty. And the critical faculty is that part of us that's constantly judging, you know, is this real? Is this, um, you know, is this true? Is this what it's being critical? And it can it can perform some really important functions in our life, right? That skepticism helps us make better decisions, right? In hypnosis, one of those things that makes it look like a hypnotist is um, is actually mind controlling someone is they have methods designed to get people to relax that critical faculty during the course of the hypnosis experience and in the context of maybe performance hypnosis you get somebody who wants to be the center of attention who wants to be the star of the show who wants uh to let loose who wants to go up on stage and do crazy things but there's a part of them the critical faculty that's always shutting that down right and what the hypnosis What the hypnotist does, the hypnotic process does, and what the context of performance hypnosis does is it gives people permission to temporarily lower their skepticism, lower their critical faculty, because that's what they want to do. The reason they're volunteering in the first place is because that is what they want to do. They want to lower that critical faculty to be a part of this event. And... Um, so the hypnosis process, part of it, part of what makes it look like mind control is it's tapping into that desire in some people, not every member of the audience. Remember I said a, hip, a good hypnotist is doing things they're doing, um, uh, suggestibility tests. They're doing compliance tests with people in the audience, even before they're picking out volunteers to figure out who is going to be most likely to volunteer and be a good subject up on stage right be a good participant in the show right and in marketing copy in any kind of persuasion part of what we're trying to do is pick out the people who who are interested who are interested in deciding that that problem that they thought it was not possible possible to solve are now interested in finding a solution right and we use proof credibility and believability like we use i have a whole training on it 26 i think different elements of proof credibility and believability that can allow us when somebody wants to believe in our promise of solving their problem of fulfilling their desire when somebody wants to believe having the right proof credibility and believability can be exactly what it takes to get them believing in that thing that they want to believe in, right? To get them to make that mind shift. And perhaps most important of all of them is something that a hypnotist does. Uh, A hypnotist, part of what they'll do prior to calling people up on stage is they'll do a little uh, compliance test, a little suggestibility test, Uh, And it it would be something like having your hands stick together, having your hands stuck together. And they're encouraging everyone in the audience to do it. And what they're looking for is, you know, there's going to be a lot of people in the audience who are maybe participating throughout the thing, but then they're like, oh, uh, my hands came apart pretty easy. But there are going to be a few people in the audience who have this experience where their hands are stuck together together. And they're like freaking out because their hands are stuck together, right? And they're just just in the audience there. And they're completely convinced through this demonstration of the power of the hypnotist to control their behavior, to control their mind. Now, this is all something that they're doing. And if they suddenly, like if the lights came up, And they said, all right, you know, everybody, uh, we got to go because um, there's a fire backstage or something like that, right? These people would immediately snap back into their normal consciousness, right? And there would be uh, the critical faculty, the skepticism around the hypnotic phenomenon would turn back on, right? But in the context of the show that person doing the suggestibility test is having a compelling demonstration of the mind control powers of the hypnotist, right? Because they want to believe in the performance. They want to believe in that aspect of the show. And that person is engaging in that. On some level, it's happening intentionally, although their conscious mind may think that it is completely unintentional. But on some level, this compelling demonstration is giving them permission to believe. And oftentimes in copy, in marketing, in persuasion, in our messaging, what we're trying to do is find that thing that is the compelling demonstration that is going to cause someone to want to believe. And the way that we do that, you know, giving you a little practical how to information here before we wrap up. Here's how to mind shift people, mind shift your prospect in your copy. You need to map out what the sequence of beliefs that they need to go through is that's going to knock down all those roadblocks, that's going to overcome all those obstacles between not possible and possible. You map it out. You say, okay, what does my prospect need to believe to be true in order for them to feel like the only inevitable action that they can take at the end of this message is to respond? right? And in the context of that, find the compelling demonstrations, find the things that are going to get people bought in to all necessary possibilities that have to be in place prior to them pulling out their credit card and making a purchase, right? And then once you've mapped that out, you build your copy, you build your messaging, you build your persuasion around that. And it's a process and you follow it. And when you learn about hypnosis, one of the things that you learn about the show, for example, if someone is doing performance hypnosis, is that it's just a process that they follow. And there's going to be some things like a pre-talk where they talk about you know, what to expect from hypnosis. And they get an idea of what people currently believe about hypnosis. And they're looking for people who, who believe that hypnosis is this powerful mind control thing, right? While at the same time saying that, hey, it's not. I can't make you do anything that you don't want to do. And I'm not going to make you participate in anything you don't want to participate in. Because all those things are true. As well, right? But there's the process that involves the pre-talk and the the suggestibility test, the different tests that are done before someone is is asked to volunteer and come up on stage. And then there's the process of picking those people out of the audience that look like the best subjects, the best participants in the show. And then there's a process of hypnotic induction, which is a bit of a ritual that makes people. Um, that, that, that stimulates certain responses in people. But what you notice if you go to a hypnosis show is that maybe they have 25 volunteers in the beginning, but they only have 15 after the induction because people are really not, um, going as deep or participating on the level that the performance hip- hypnotist knows is going to make it a good show. And then there is the actual show. There's the actual, uh, uh, continuing demonstrations, actually continuing compelling demonstrations of the 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 power of the hypnotist right and um, and then you get to uh, the end, you get to whatever the the, the most interesting um, parts of the act are going to be, right But again, it's this whole process right It's this whole process where people are being mind shifted from not possible to possible right it's, It is a whole process that is followed. Now, going back to copywriting and persuasion and marketing for just a minute, um, one big warning about this, um, a a mistake that it's easy to believe that you could avoid, right? Um, As you're looking to make these mind shifts, um, what you want to think of is that, going back to that original principle that a, a hypnotist is not actually able to mind control people, a hypnotist is not able to actually get people to do things that they don't kind of want to do on some level, right? Um, You as a copywriter, as a marketer, as a persuader, as a salesperson, are not able to get people to buy something that they don't really want to buy without perhaps, I I mean, maybe you can, uh, maybe you can get their credit card out of their hands. Maybe you could lie to them to get to sell them something. Um, but ultimately people are, you know, you're going to end up with a lot of customer service problems, maybe legal problems. If you go beyond, go beyond what I'm about to tell you. So, um, don't attempt to change who they are, their identity. You really want to be in alignment with your market. And you may have to choose your projects based on this, too. You don't like it is it is too expensive and too difficult and too time consuming of a problem to try to change your market's identity. Um, and you know if you want to do that, uh, persuasion, especially direct response copywriting is not for you, right? Um, so instead, you want to make your a fulfillment of an extension of their identity, their beliefs, their values, right? So you're not going to mind control them into being a different person. You're not going to mind control them into a huge shift of beliefs and values, not in a piece of marketing. You're going to speak to who they are, right? And you're going to shift that identity only in the slightest of ways of being someone who couldn't solve the problem. And now who can, with the right tool, with the right ingredient, with the right system, with the right process, with the right product, with the right service, with the right offer, and it's yours, and they can solve the problem, they can fulfill the desire. But it's still fundamentally them, their identity, that is being the one that is fulfilling. My call to action for you at the end of this episode is to ask yourself how you can use this. I know that this might feel like A little bit advanced or not um, quite so directly applicable as you know some hacker template or whatever Um, but i hope that you can still find ways to use this in your marketing don't forget to like and subscribe if you like this so you can get more content like it delivered to you i do have some training that i think might be especially interesting to you if you're interested if you've been you know engaged through this episode one is the sleight of pen copywriting course that's advanced uh, persuasion techniques from hypnotists and from similar uh, change practitioners. The other is the proof credibility and believability training, which talks about those 26 different types of proof credibility and believability and how to use them in your marketing. And both of those are part of the BTMS Insider streaming library of copywriting and marketing courses. I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. All those links are in the description and I'll catch you again in the next episode. See you soon. Bye.